podcast. It's Rob. It's Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, hope you guys had the opportunity to catch some of the games. You know, it's international break, so there's plenty of games every day. Um, I know the AFC is doing qualifying for the World Cup and for uh, the AFC Asian Cup. And um, Europe is doing qualifying for uh, Euro 2020. So every day there's plenty of games. I mean, you know, depending on where you are, the time difference may, you know, mess you up a little bit. But there's plenty, plenty of football going on during the international break. All right. But I want to start this episode off by talking about two big retirements that we had last week. Uh, We had the retirement of fellow American goalkeeper Tim Howard and German international Bayern Munich star, Manchester United star for a little bit, uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. So Tim Howard, you know, he's been around for a long time. I think Tim Howard's like 38 years old or something. Um, he played for four teams. Uh, he played for the Metro stars, which is an old team from the, uh, the MLS, like one of the founding teams of the MLS. I think they eventually ended up becoming what is the, now the, uh, the New York Red Bulls. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, he played for Manchester United, Everton, and then he just finished up his career with uh, the Colorado Rapids in the MLS. Um, I mean, what can you say about Tim Howard? He had 121 caps for the, the United States. And uh, never forget that game he played against Belgium in the 2014 World Cup where he, uh, he had like 15 saves, which is a World Cup record. I mean, you know, it says a lot that he was able to save all those shots. But, you know, I mean, Belgium was, was peppering him. Um, but after that game, that's when he got the nickname, uh, the secretary of defense, because, you know, he was doing some, some amazing things, um, in that game for, for the U S he actually kept the U S in that game. Um, let's see with Man U, he was able to win the FA cup, uh, the league cup and the community shield, uh, with the U S he won the gold cup twice. Um, I mean, he just had, he had an amazing career. He spent a lot of time in, uh, in England. Uh, but he came full circle, started in the MLS, and then he finished up in the MLS. So, you know, hats off to, to Tim Howard. Like I said, 121 caps. That's, for the U.S., that's, that's pretty big. So he will definitely be missed. I and mean, we'll see what he does in the future, whether it's coaching, commentating. I'm sure, you know, we'll see plenty of uh, of Tim Howard. And Bastian Schweinsteiger for uh, Germany. He played for Bayern Munich, Man U, and the Chicago Fire. Just like Tim Howard, he had 121 caps for uh, for Germany. Um, won the 2014 World Cup down in Brazil. Um, won the Bundesliga eight times with Bayern Munich. Won the uh, DFB Pokal, the German League Cup, seven times with Bayern. And uh, won Champions League with Bayern. And he also won the uh, FA Cup with Manchester United. So, um, again, 121 caps for Germany. That's, that's huge. I remember... Uh, he did like his after he had already signed with Chicago, he came back and he did his uh, farewell tour or excuse me, farewell game um, in Germany, which was, you know, it's pretty big. It's pretty emotional for him. Um, but both of those players will definitely be missed. You know, I think it's cool. They both finished up their careers in the MLS and, uh, you know, big international players for their national team. So really, really uh, cool to, uh, you know, to see them, you know, their, their careers come to an end basically together in the same league. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I don't think there'll ever be another goalkeeper quite like Tim Howard. Um, but who knows? I mean, that dude was, he was pretty amazing. 
and if, if I remember correctly, for me at least, he was he was the first big name that I could remember playing in the Premier League, and I remember like being amazed that you know there was an American playing a goalkeeper for Manchester United. I thought that was I thought that was crazy. Um, yeah. So like I said, hats off to both of them. Hopefully they uh, you know they do well in their their post playing careers. All right, so I'm just going to talk about the uh, some of the games for uh, the Asian um, Confederation. Um, they're doing World Cup qualifying, but they're doubling it. So some of these games are actually counting for World Cup qualifying and for uh, the Asian Cup qualifying. And I'm just going over some of the, the games that where the scores were just ridiculous. I mean, some of these games look like American football scores. Um, let's see, we had China hosting Guam. That game ended 7-0. Australia hosting Nepal. Uh, That was a 5-0 game um, for Australia. Um, Iran beat uh, Cambodia 14-0. Uzbekistan played uh, Yemen. Uzbekistan won 5-0. 6-0, Japan over Mongolia. Kyrgyzstan, or the Kyrgyz Republic, depending on who you talk to, uh, they hosted Myanmar. They won. Kyrgyzstan won seven to zero. Uh, the UAE hosted Indonesia, uh, and UAE defeated them five to zero. And South Korea, you know, they're a big player in uh, the Asian Confederation. They hosted Sri Lanka, who's definitely not a powerhouse in football, uh, and they won. South Korea won eight to zero. So China, Australia, Iran, Japan, South Korea, those are like, I would say the big five in the Asian Confederation, and they all put up over five goals um, against the teams that they played. So, you know, hats off to Guam, Nepal, Cambodia, Yemen, Mongolia, Myanmar, Indonesia, and Sri Lanka. I mean, they were all playing on the road, um, but they got they got beat pretty badly. So, but you know, there were some other games that were closer, but I just wanted to point out some of these games because, you know, if you love seeing goals getting scored, I guess some of those Asian qualifiers are definitely where you uh, where you want to look. All right, so Euro twenty twenty qualifying. Um, they have match day seven, which started on the tenth of October, which was last Thursday. Uh, There's quite a few games uh, between last Thursday and today. There's still actually matches going on today and tomorrow. Um, later on tonight, you know it's afternoon here in Germany but um, so I'm just going to go match by match uh, let's see we had uh, Belarus hosting Estonia that game ended in a 0-0 draw uh, the Netherlands hosting North Ireland so Northern Ireland had this game I mean they scored in the 75th minute so you know fairly late goal you know 15 plus minutes left in that game so and you know the Netherlands is at home <clears throat> they're in the same group as Germany actually too I thought the Netherlands was in trouble, and I got up, I went to get something to drink, and the next thing I know, the Netherlands has like two goals, and, you know, I mean, they scored they scored a third to, uh, to top it off, but, I mean, literally, they came out of nowhere, scored three goals, and won it at home, and you gotta feel bad for North Ireland, because they definitely thought they had that game. Um, let's see, we had Croatia 3, Hungary 0, Slovakia 1, Wales 1. Uh, Latvia 0, Poland 3, North Macedonia 2, Slovenia 1, Austria 3, Israel 1, Kazakhstan 1, Cyprus 2, 
Belgian 9, San Marino 0, Russia 4, Scotland 0. Um, so the matches for Friday, um, October 11th, we had Czech Republic 2, England 1. Montenegro and Bulgaria played out to a 0-0 draw. Portugal 3, Luxembourg 0. I actually expected the score to be a little bit higher. Cristiano Ronaldo did score in this game, but I thought he was going to get like a hat trick in this game. That's not, you know, not to say anything bad about Luxembourg, but um, they're, they're not a strong European uh, footballing country. Um, Ukraine 2, Lithuania 0. Andorra 1, Moldova 0. Turkey 1, Albania 0. And then Iceland 0, France 1. They actually kept that game pretty close. Um, Iceland's a pretty good team. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the summer because I'm pretty sure they're going to qualify for uh, Euro 2020. At least I hope they do. They did last time. It was their first, uh, their debut tournament in the Euros. Um, they're just a fun team to watch. You know, and their fans, too, are, are great when they're at the uh, at the stadiums. So, uh, let's see. Matches for Saturday, um, 12 October. Uh, Georgia and Ireland played to a 0-0 draw. Denmark 1, Switzerland 0. Faroe Islands 0, Romania 3. Norway 1, Spain 1. That was a surprise to me. Granted, they were playing in Norway. Um but I, I thought Spain would, would win that. Um, Spain is close to qualification, too, so you would think that they would want to put it away. But uh, Malta, 0, Sweden, 4. Bosnia and Herzegovina, 4. Finland, 1. Italy, 2. Greece, 0. Liechtenstein and Armenia played to a 1-1 draw. All right, so yesterday was the start of Sunday, the 13th of October. Um, was the start of match day eight. Um, so we had Belarus one, the Netherlands two. Um, and in the game that I watched, Estonia zero, Germany three. Um, I want to say this game went, it was, I think it was zero zero at the half. I'm pretty sure that it was. And then Germany just opened it up. But the person that I expected to score, I think this may break a streak for games that uh, he hasn't scored for Germany, but Serge Gnabry. He, uh, he did not score. You know, I posted something on Twitter and uh, Instagram um, thinking that he was going to score because, you know, he's been scoring consistently for Germany and he did not even play, which was surprising to me. But, um, but yeah, Germany and the Netherlands are in the same group. Uh, I think they both have the same amount of points. Now. I think they're sitting at 15 each uh, with two match days remaining. Um, I'll go over the standings after I finish up these matches. Uh, let's see. We had Hungary 1, Azerbaijan 0. Wales and Croatia played to a 1-1 draw. Gareth Bale did score that second goal um, to give Wales, you know, one goal. So they split the points in that. Uh, Poland, 2. North Macedonia, 0. Slovenia, 0. Austria, 1. Kazakhstan, 0. Belgium, 2. Cyprus, 0. Russia, 5. Scotland, 6. San Marino with... Zero, So those were the matches um, that were played yesterday. So tonight and tomorrow we have matches. Let's see, we got Kosovo hosting Montenegro, Bulgaria hosting England, Lithuania hosting Serbia, Ukraine hosting Portugal, France hosting Turkey, Iceland hosting Andorra, Moldova hosting Albania. And then for tomorrow, 
We have Gibraltar hosting Georgia, Switzerland hosting Ireland, the Faroe Islands hosting Malta, Romania hosting Norway, Sweden hosting Spain, Israel hosting Latvia, Finland hosting Armenia, Greece hosting Bosnia and Herzegovina, and finally Liechtenstein hosting Italy. And I believe those are all the matches that, uh, yes, until the, the till the next international break, which will be in a month. Um, and the standings, here we go. Well, before I get to the standings, um, there's four teams so far that have qualified for Euro uh, 2020. Belgium was the first team to qualify. Uh, Italy was second. Russia was third. And Poland secured their spot last night. So those four teams are definitely in. And let's take a look at these standings. So right now in Group A, uh, England is sitting on top with 12 points in five matches. The Czech Republic is in second with 12 points in six matches. So England will play tonight. They'll play against Bulgaria. And then England will have the same amount of matches played as the Czech Republic. And then in third place, we got Kosovo with eight points. And then in fourth and fifth, with three points each, we got Montenegro and Bulgaria. All right, Group B, uh, Ukraine's on top with 16 points in six matches, followed by Portugal with 11 points in five matches, Serbia with seven points in five matches, and then Luxembourg in fourth with four points in six matches. And then Lithuania, they've already been knocked out. They can't qualify. They only have one point in six matches. Group C. Um, let's see, we got the Netherlands um, and Germany both with 15 points in six matches. Netherlands is on top with goal differential. They have a uh, plus 12, but I believe they beat Germany. So that's why they're sitting on top. Because Germany actually a, has a higher goal differential than the Netherlands, but I think they beat them head-to-head -head in that first match. Um, we had the Netherlands in third place with 12 points. Uh, Belarus is in fourth with four points, and Estonia has been eliminated. They have 1.7 matches. Group D, we got the Republic of Ireland sitting on top, 12 points in six matches. Denmark in second, also with 12 points in six matches. Switzerland in third with eight points in five matches. And then Georgia, five points in six matches. And then Gibraltar has been eliminated. They have zero points. They have not won, and they have a negative 16 goal differential. They actually have not even scored in the tournament. Um, group E, we got Croatia sitting on top with 14 points in seven matches. Hung Hungary, also seven matches. They have 12 points. Uh, Slovakia is in third with 10 points in six. Wales in fifth, or excuse me, fourth with eight points in six matches, and then Azerbaijan they have one point um, in six matches. Group F, uh, they should be the next team to qualify, I believe. Spain is sitting on top; uh, they have 19 points in seven matches. Sweden's in second with uh, 14 points. Then Romania with 13, Norway with 10, Malta with three; they've been eliminated already, and the Faroe Islands with zero points. Um, all those teams have played their seven matches. Uh, let's see, Group G. We got Poland, who's already qualified. They're on top of the group with 19. Austria is in second with 16 points. Macedonia, excuse me, North Macedonia has 11 points in eight matches. Slovenia, they have 11 points in eight matches. Israel has eight points in seven matches. And then Latvia, 
they have zero points and they've already been eliminated. They they haven't won a game, scored one goal. Uh, group H, Turkey is sitting on top with 18 points, followed by France also with 18 points, then Iceland with 12, Albania with 9, Andorra and Moldova both have 3, but they've both been eliminated from the uh, from progressing. Group I, uh, this group is all locked up. Belgium and Russia sit 1 and 2. Uh, they both have already qualified. Then in third, we got Cyprus, but they've been eliminated. They have 10 points. Scotland has nine points, uh, but they're going to advance to the playoffs. Uh, Kazakhstan and San Marino are fifth and sixth, respectively. Kazakhstan has seven points. San Marino has zero points. They have not scored a goal. They have not won a game. They have a goal differential of minus 43. Uh, Group J, the final group. We got uh, Italy sitting on top. They've already qualified 21 points in seven matches. They have not lost yet. Finland's in second. Uh, they have 12 points. Armenia, third with 10. Bosnia-Herzegovina um, in fourth with 10 also. Greece is sitting with five. And Liechtenstein, they have two points, but they have already been eliminated. So that's all the up-to-date, as of the, the recording of this show, information on Euro 2020 qualifying. Um, we'll see how the matches go tonight. I know I will be watching tonight and tomorrow. Uh, the matches I don't get to see, I will definitely, you know, watch um, in the future. Um, but yeah, a lot of European soccer. As much as we all love um, the international break. You know, having it three consecutive months in a row, um, I don't know, it just feels like it slows down the club season. You know, like teams having momentum and then, you know, the next thing you know, oh, two weeks, two week break in between. Now you got to go play with people that you don't play with that often. And it can, I can see how it would mess up a team's, uh, their chemistry, their flow, the way they gel. Um, and like most, I, I can't wait for, club football to come back. I mean, it's only been gone for a week, but uh, definitely wait for, we're ready for the comeback this coming weekend, um, especially with the Premier League, you know, uh, my team's in the second Bundesliga, <laughs> so, uh, I'll, you know, I will watch them play, but uh, the second Bundesliga doesn't give, like, the same type of parity that you have in, like, the Premier League, uh, which I would say, among all the leagues, probably has the most amount of parity in it, um, where you'd never know who's going to win you know, week to week. And with that being said, um, one of the big matches in the Premier League um, this coming weekend is going to be on Sunday, Manchester United hosting Liverpool. Now, Manchester United has been struggling. We all know that. Uh, They're trying to get back into form. You know, at least they're at home. They're hosting Liverpool, who right now is on top of the table. They're eight points clear of second place, uh, Man City. Um, And right now, Manchester United is sitting at sitting in 12th with nine points. I mean, that's, that's insane to, uh, wow. They're sitting in 12th and they have a goal differential of one. I don't, I can't think of this far. I mean, we're only eight games in, but I don't know if I've ever seen Manchester United sitting that low. Um, but who knows, you know, for some teams, the international break may be a negative for some teams, maybe a positive, you know, players come back fresh after playing for the national team, you know, whether or not they won, or qualified for, you know, whatever they, they're looking for, whether it's 
AFC um, Asian Cup or Euro qualify or excuse me Euro 2020. So some players may come back, you know, just ready to go. And who knows? I mean, they are playing at Old Trafford. Manchester United may shock Liverpool. I don't know, but we'll see. And oh, speaking speaking of the Premier League, Liverpool. I mean, it has nothing to do with Manchester City, but um, I want to give a shout out to the uh, the guys over at Soccer Stupid. Um, the Soccer Stupid podcast is great. If you guys haven't had a chance to to listen to it, it's it's definitely one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Um, Jao and Louie, two friends, they they mix two of the greatest things in the world together: beer and football. Um, listening to their podcast, you know, it's just great. It's like you're in the middle of a conversation between two great friends and you're just a fly on the wall. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, I, I love it. I listen to it every week. Um, their podcast actually is one of the reasons that, uh, that I actually started doing mine. Um, you know, cause they're just two regular guys that decided to talk about something that they love. And, you know, just like me, they, it took them a while to, to get it going, but they have a great show successful I mean obviously they got you know listeners in Europe <laughs> um, so yeah I just want to give a shout out to them to Jao Louie and you know to Var when he does show up um, yeah keep it going it's a great show I love it you know they're constantly with their Liverpool and Man City rivalry um, so yeah take a listen when you get a chance it's soccer stupid the soccer podcast it's it's pretty great um, alright so uh, back to the Premier League um, some of the other games you know, they're not so um, too interesting, I guess. Tottenham, they're hosting Watford on uh, on Saturday. Um, Everton-West Ham, I guess that could be a decent game. Uh, Ashton Villa is hosting Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, Chelsea hosting Newcastle. Bournemouth hosting Norwich City. Uh, Leicester hosting Burnley. Wolves hosting Southampton. Uh, Crystal Palace hosting Man City. So hopefully Man City, I mean, it's on the road for them, but maybe they can, you know, get three points, close that deficit, hopefully. Uh, but they're definitely going to need help from uh, from their neighbors um, against Liverpool. But I just I just can't see Manchester United beating Liverpool. Um, that, like I, I mentioned on last week's podcast, it's going to be extremely difficult for Manchester City to make up that ground. Um, they, they did it last year, but, uh, eight points is, is, is crazy. So, and then, uh, a week from today we have Arsenal playing at Sheffield United. Um, I mean, we'll see how that goes right now. Top of the table. It's uh, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, Leicester City, Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. Tottenham's in ninth. And then Man U, tragically, is down in 12th. All right, so when um, UEFA announced that they were starting the Nations League, the UEFA Nations League, in order to uh, to mitigate useless friendlies that were happening during the international break, um, I, I think at first it seemed like it was um, they were just creating a tournament just so they could have another another trophy. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on the whole Nations League concept. Like, I understand that you, you know, a lot of players don't want to play in useless friendlies that aren't doing anything. So, you know, now you have, I don't know, a, 
bunch of other confederations that are creating these nation leagues, uh, nations leagues, or is it nations leagues? Nations league? Doesn't matter. They're creating these nation, these leagues. Uh, so the friendlies don't, um, they, they seem to mean more, you know, and, but the only problem is they stay within their own confederations. They don't play. So you won't see like, you know, Germany playing Japan or Australia playing Canada. Um, but now CONCACAF has the same thing. Um, everybody knows that CONCACAF really only has three big teams. Um, I guess you could say four if you put Costa Rica in there. But uh, the United States, Canada, and Mexico. And, you know, Costa Rica is really good, so I don't want to take anything away from them. But, um, you know, some of these games are just they're just blowouts. And I would much rather see um, a team like the United States playing against Japan, for example, or playing against uh, Belgium or, you know, some team outside of their confederation. Um, so for the CONCACAF Nations League, the United States came in on match day three. So it was match day three, but it was their first game of the tournament. The United States hosted Cuba. The United States won that game 7-0. to zero. Uh, I understand these games, you know, just like the... Uh, UEFA Nations League, it gives the smaller teams like, you know, Moldova, Gibraltar, Andorra, it gives, you know, their players more caps, it gives them the opportunity to play against, you know, some of the bigger teams because of the way that they have their set up. Um, the UEFA Nations League is set up completely different from the CONCACAF Nations League. UEFA Nations League only has three teams per group, um, and it looks like the CONCACAF, looks like there's about 10 teams per group and there's only four groups um it, it just doesn't seem like i don't know to me it just it doesn't seem like it's working it doesn't seem like it works right i'm looking at the table right now and for group a granada has played four matches they have 10 points canada on the other hand has only played two matches they have six points um so that that's kind of weird. The U.S., which is in the same group as Canada, which I don't think they should be, um, they've played one match. They have three points. So it, it's kind of off. I think they should have done it done it a little bit better. Um, it, to me, it seems like it's just kind of cobbled together um, just because UEFA decided they were going to create a Nations League. So, um, But ultimately, they are just friendlies. You know, I don't... Um, I don't know. I, I would much rather see the U.S. or Canada or Mexico or whoever playing against teams that are outside of their confederation for friendly matches. I mean, you know, it is nice to always see the U.S. and Mexico or Canada, Mexico, U.S., Canada. Those are always great games to watch. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like when this tournament does finally get down to the end, you know it's going to be, you know, four teams that are in the semifinal. Uh, it's going to be the U.S., Canada, or Mexico, and then one other team, probably Costa Rica, that's going to be there. Um, and I, I get why they're doing it, but at least for the UEFA Nations League, um, they were somehow able to integrate Euro 2020 qualifying into it. So depending on how teams did during the, the Nations League, that would guarantee them a spot in the playoff, which I think, you know, helps out. UEFA did just expand the European Championship size um, for the last tournament, 
so now you know there's more teams playing in it I think they, they added eight more teams I believe um, so I think that's that's something good and I think that if uh, if they would have done something like that for uh, the CONCACAF Nations League it would be a little bit better but it doesn't seem like they, they have anything like that um, yeah I don't know to me it just seems like it's 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 a waste and I, and I understand why they do it maybe to cut down on the cost of a team like Dominica flying to play against Indonesia or something like that but um, you don't just always want to see teams from one confederation playing against teams from their own confederation that's what you have the the CONCACAF Gold Cup for that's what you have the Euro Championships for that's what the AFC Asian Cup is for you know during friendlies I literally want to see friendlies I think I don't think the CONMEBOL, the South American Confederation, has a Nations League because, first off, there's only 10 teams. Um, so they basically have to play against teams from um, other confederations during their friendlies. They don't have a qualifying tournament for their championship. They actually have to invite extra teams to come in, two extra teams to come in and play um, for the Copa America. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's just my take on it. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but... Uh, I don't know. I just don't like the the CONCACAF Nations League. It's good to see the games. I just think that the tournament is, is kind of, to me, it's a little bit pointless. Um, I don't know. Like I said, the UEFA, they did theirs a little bit different. So there is like something, there's like a prize at the end that's not just a trophy that was made up. There are those qualifying playoff spots for their continental championship. So, um, yeah. You guys let me know what you guys think um, about the Nations League, whether it's, you know, UEFA, CONCACAF, or any of the other ones. Um, as always, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can contact me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for 90 and Extra Time. And you can email me at 90 and Extra Time at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I just want to hear from you guys. Uh, but with that, being said, I know this is a shorter episode. Um, I'm going to end the podcast now. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys catch some of the games that are going on this week. If you're not interested in, uh, in uh, the international break at all, then the weekend cannot come fast enough for some of you guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. Have a great week.